0: You're listening to This Hong Kong Live, a podcast of stories and conversations with everyday youth across Hong Kong. Every week, we bring you episodes that reflect the authentic voices of our local youth, sharing their thoughts and feelings of growing up and living in the city we call home. Welcome to Season 6. Our theme is Things I'm Proud Of. Hello, welcome back to another episode today we have henry here how's your day been
1: oh it's been good i just went to visit my brother who's um studying at hong kong university and then right now i'm just like over here in saiyong pun ready for the interview
0: that's really nice okay so let's jump into our interview now how has your life been under the pandemic you no longer study in hong kong what's your experience of studying abroad
1: Oh, so it has been really like um exciting in many ways. Like you know you get to meet new people at university. You're more like. You know, like it's a very different to Hong Kong, like we're back in secondary school. You, you know, you're just very concerned about your final year exams and like at university, first year, like at my university, at Durham University, it doesn't count in first year. So like you spend more time, like you know, socializing, making friends, you know, partying, clubbing and doing all of that. It's definitely very different to like how my time has been at school. But yeah, like it surprisingly, like despite the label of the pandemic, it has been quite fun in the UK.
0: What's the main difference of like going through the pandemic in UK and Hong Kong that you have noticed?
1: So like in the UK, it's definitely a lot more lenient. Like over there, like I don't have to wear masks when I go out. Like when I was like in Durham, like there was no like social distancing rules whatsoever. You can go out with as many people as you want. People's attitude towards the pandemic were not as like um, serious and concerned like over here in Hong Kong. So I definitely felt that there was a lot more freedom when I was in the UK and since coming back to Hong Kong I would have to wear the mask again and you can literally feel the the differences between studying abroad and just coming back to Hong Kong
0: yeah the social distancing rules a bit annoying to everyone and like Hong Kong has been in lockdown for like frequently over the years so I don't think it's a good experience at all I've heard that you've like done some teaching in the UK and school trips you have done some teaching can you share your experience about it
1: the teaching experience actually took part in uh, Nepal, but like in the UK, it was more of like an opportunity to raise awareness about um educational inequality. Like so, it was part of like um a fundraising arm of like my university's student union. It was called like D U C K, like duck, but I don't really remember what it stands for. But then it was about um having this sort of like fundraiser where we get crowdfunded to travel as far as possible from Durham University for thirty hours, and through this fundraiser we are raising awareness about educational inequality across the globe
0: since uk is a first world country usually when it comes to the word inequality we will think of third world countries and underdeveloped countries so can you tell me more about how inequality occurs in the uk
1: we had to get um crowd funds like um you know through like the fundraiser website like you know people can donate as much money as they want to us like you know our friends, our family, like people who like have heard about our fundraiser, <laughs> and through using that money, like we have, we spent it on like traveling. You know, like from Durham, like all the way to like um, a place called Land's End in the UK, which we did research as the furthest point from the university. And part of like um, the fundraiser was to pretty much get as far away from the university as possible, but the rules were to like it must remain within the country so we didn't manage to get to Land's End but we came in third place because two other people who also knew that Land's End was the one of the furthest points from the university two other groups arrived much earlier than us, but like it was a, definitely a very meaningful experience because those who attend private schools in the more like posher areas in the south of the UK, maybe like in parts of London, you know, are more advantageous than those who study in the north, which is generally more like working class and like opportunity are much less and like less people get to like have those like bright opportunities than those who i guess go to those private schools and all yeah so there's definitely a very interesting opportunity allowed me to see things from a very different uh perspective and like you know get to understand deeper about these issues yeah
0: even not in the uk and hong kong there's like public schools, private schools and international schools and i feel like education is really different in these three types of school like for example i personally go to an international school and i've never been to a public school but then throughout all these podcasts hearing from different people i've realized that there's like ethnic minority groups that are forced to learn chinese even though they clearly do not understand chinese at all which has limited their potential to receive um education it has also limited them to develop their potentials in one way or another right
1: yeah, like, I totally agree. Like ethnic minorities um, studying like, Cantonese or like um, Chinese as the main language in local schools because they tend to be from lower social backgrounds. Like absolutely, it's limited their opportunities because like in, at a global scale, English is the more like dominant language. You, you, it's pretty multi-applicable in every country you go to. So like obviously like if they're being taught those as primary languages. They're very limited to just like Hong Kong and China. Like I can see how that, um the, the dynamics of that. So yeah, like, like educational inequality is not just like something that you can explicitly observe. Like it's very implicit in so many ways. You've really got to dig deep and like see how it's kind of affects people like in very like subtle ways. And yeah, like it's definitely a very big issue that needs more attention, yeah.
0: Yes, I think that also correlates to, like, children inequality in a way because children's always, like, the future of the society. And I think if we don't fix this issue, I think it's just going to be a cycle. And at the end of the day, we're still going to experience that the richer get richer and the poorer gets poorer.
1: Just, like, with educational equality regarding, like, um you know, existence of private schools and, like, having just, you know, the, all these different things, like, pretty much dividing society based on, like, um you know, whether or not they're able to, like, you know, afford to go to those private schools, which in return makes them more likely to um go on to like very prestigious jobs and like universities. Like, just the whole system and structure of it all is reinforcing that in the wealth inequality and just making the gap between the rich and the poor even wider. So I definitely see that, and I can totally see how like um the state school system in Hong Kong, in some. In some sectors and in some schools are really letting students down. Like you know, whether it be like very poor management and like they're definitely like disadvantaged going to particular state schools in Hong Kong. So yes, like education inequality is a big issue, not just in third world countries but also in first world countries. Yes
0: yes I totally agree so personally and we've been to the same secondary school yes, yeah. so like right now in yeah. our school we do have some uh, programs called the Chinese learning enhancement team you know in our school before we're in the diploma program every student has to take Chinese right mm-hmm. so even though our school has different levels of the like, Chinese classes we some students still struggle because they're they don't have like an chinese background right in our school we actually have made this program older students tend to help younger students in their journey of learning chinese because chinese is definitely a hard language to learn i'd say and it's complicated i think like high school students they will usually help the younger students to learn chinese just to like lessen the gap of language differences
1: the school we went to like we went to this renaissance college so basically um yeah like with the Chinese learning has team like i can see how it's making it more like fair like more of a level playing field and yes like obviously measures can definitely be taken making more fair within a school like um context like you know making more fair for like racial minorities and like the dominant you know ethnic group you know like they not not have any barriers to like um, life because of like their backgrounds and also like i definitely see how like um, measures can be put in place to make it more fair yeah in the context of like um, equal opportunity through education so yeah absolutely
0: and this is definitely something that our school is doing is definitely something that can be promoted in different schools in hong kong or in the uk just to lessen the barriers and like make the community closer in a way
1: how my school has kind of like um raised awareness about um you know the importance of education was like my teaching trip to nepal like um with renaissance college so basically like under like the community action service and program in my school which is like a requirement for the ib so basically like me and like um, a group of mates would prepare like coursework and like train to teach um before we went to nepal to actually go to a school um to teach kids like basic maths geography and english we went to a very lower socioeconomic school so like it also allowed us to see like how privileged we are to go to like a private school in hong kong compared to those students in nepal who were in like a very rundown school with like no wi-fi system like we literally had to like help them build a wi-fi system in that school so that they could go online so basically obviously we can see like how like through these programs um in the ib you can really show you know, just how privileged we are to be able to go to, like, an international school with good facilities, good technology. When you engage in, like, activities related to education, like, you can really see, like, just how the divide is in education. Like, I, I still recall, like, that school called Dia Sri School. It was by the airport, so, like, it was a lovely school in terms of, like, the views and everything, but then you can just talking with the students, you know that they didn't really like beyond their time at school, like they were saying that, oh, you know, like after three years of like their primary school education there, they're just gonna go straight to work. You know, like it's not like our school in Hong Kong where like we go on to like secondary school and then we go on to university. And obviously like our pathway, it would bring us more opportunities and like lead us to greater heights in in life, like compared to them. So like you can obviously see through these programs, even like, you know, with community action service, under the ib like you can just see just how um how the inequalities are just persisting and in fact are worsening definitely like these programs like community action service and the ones organized by duck when out in in durham you know with the their fundraiser about educational inequality you can definitely sh- reveals and like how the society divide is just getting worse and worse and education is to blame for it yeah
0: yeah, I totally do think that IB has given us the opportunity exploring this issue. Because personally, for my Creativity, Activity and Service project, I'm working with an organization called Peer to Peer, which is run by a group of students as well. And actually, we've been helping students in Hong Kong, which includes ethnic minority and like new immigrants from China. Like Since Hong Kong has a really complicated past history which leads to this complicated education system which i believe requires students to be both fluent in english and chinese although the ethnic minority kids they are not able to be fluent in chinese in the local school education system and while on the other hand the new chinese migrants they're they've also been struggling with english in a lot of ways just to be able to catch up with schoolwork like through like helping them in terms of catching up with schoolwork I've learned a lot about how I should be really thankful for the opportunity that's given to me to help these children with my own knowledge and how this issue has far been ignored in i feel like education has always not been the first priority out of all global issues like people mainly focus on poverty natural disasters and like all kinds of like economic co-related stuff but then like education has been like forbidden in a way like the issue of educational inequality
1: Obviously, we should put everything with, like, equal attention, you know, like, we also see, like, okay, like, with educational equality and other forms of inequality, you know, like, racial inequality, class inequality, you know, how that all interlinks with one another, you know, how there's, like, systemic, how it's all, like, really systemic and, like, how we can address the root cause of all of this, you know, like, how to make society more equitable, like, equity, you know, like, these are very important, and we have to really all kind of, like, Approach it in a way where we look at how, um you know, how the, this whole system is kind of like for, is kind of creating all these problems. You know, like you hear people when I was in London, like I, remember I saw um protests. You know, where I saw banners saying "system change," not climate change. You know, like is, is there something to do with the system? You know, how we live our everyday lives, how it works. You know, with um, you know everything. Like it's rooted in the system and how can we address that how can we like have some sort of like radical change in how we live our lives and approach things education inequality is one of the consequences of the system that we live in and also with like other forms of like um inequality so yeah like these are really important um things to like um look into um it's a good thing that like um educational institutions such as Um, my university like at uh, Durham and RC like we have these things in place to really address these inequalities and obviously like I've gone for like looking into like deeper into educational inequality and because that's kind of like one of the things that I'm really like passionate about and I I am going into education in my future career so yeah it's definitely um, interesting yeah.
0: Yes I totally agree with you and I also feel really grateful that RC has like established this platform like Cast like the IV program has allowed us to really focus on exploring like inequality in general and i do really think that education inequality is something that we need to look into because even in hong kong most of the time i feel like education might not be valued by everyone in a way but just because we're in like a first world Country or city, it's just like education has not been valued because everyone thinks that Hong Kong has provided a stable environment even without education.
1: Definitely, like I think there should be more um, things in place like in Hong Kong to like promote the importance of like um going into education because I for one have heard of um um people from like uh, certain school systems in Hong Kong where they have um where well, either they've they've been like really let down by the school like whether they've just been. You know, underperforming um, consistently. They lose their passions in learning and going on to further studies and like getting jobs. Like there's so many problems, like even within the city, like, you know, with um, how are we gonna address these problems? How are we gonna have more people going to like, going to universities? And obviously there's a lot of barriers as well, you know, with like the costs of university tuitions and all, like there's so many problems rooted in the system that is stopping people from educating themselves further, getting to know the world better, you know, like, it's the whole thing, it's just all really systemic, and, like, once people recognise it, they'll be able to, like, you know, see how can we address it. Like, I don't know if Hong Kong could have radical changes, like, you know, like, for example, in Germany, like, German students pay zero tuitions for their universities. That's what they have no burden regarding, like, you know, like, things that are stopping them in, in terms of their education. So, yeah, like, uh, how can we address these um Problems that are also like interlinked, and, yeah.
0: Yeah. So thank you for sharing. I feel like education inequality is definitely something we have to be looking into, like in future years. Thank you for joining us today.
1: No worries, uh, Renee. Like anytime. Yeah. I-, I had a really good time, like with the interview. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Bye. So I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening. This Hong Kong Life is an initiative of Kelly Support Group. We are a youth organization empowering young people to reach their full potential in Hong Kong. If you like this show, please subscribe and get new episodes every week. We would love to hear from you. Nominate yourself or a friend to share next. Drop us a note at hklife at kely.org. See you next time!